I want to welcome you again to another edition of From the Preacher's Study, uh, aptly named because we are literally in the preacher's study. And of course, the preacher is a reference to my friend over here, Bob Hutto. And uh, we have been working our way through the book of Ephesians, as you well know, those of you who've been tuned in. And uh, we are really enjoying this study. I want to encourage everybody to get the word out to other people, other friends. Uh, it's not a lot of time uh, to commit. And it's, uh, we think, chock full of a lot of good uh, divine wisdom from above through God that we're trying our best to uh, bring out of the text and, and make it real for everybody there. want to thank, as we always do, Jason and Mark. Those are our deacons here who are involved with putting on this program. They do an excellent job. They're always prepared, uh, always early, always uh, very encouraging, and they keep us on time and, and doing what we need to do. And so we appreciate them. We appreciate their families, the sacrifices that they've made. And we appreciate you, the audience. Uh, we've had so many people that have commented about how much they enjoy the programming, they enjoy what we've said, they enjoy the study, uh, the interaction that we have uh, between the two of us during the course of the study. And those things are encouraging. They let us know that you're watching, you're listening, you value what we're doing here. And certainly it has inherent value, but it's good to see that others uh, see that value as well. Uh, Bob, do you have any introductory comments you wanted to make? Well, what we're doing in, in our in our study at this point is, you know, we're just working through Ephesians. We're mm -hmm. just talking about the Word, taking it passage by passage. There's great power in the Word, mm -hmm. um, and we, we need to remember that. We want to communicate that right. in the approach that we take, that we're simply looking at the Word mm -hmm. and trying to explain it and apply it. As you say from time to time, Isaiah 55, 11, right. so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to mm -hmm. me empty without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Absolutely. There's power in the word. And so we want to, as we're doing, just talk about the word, explain it, apply it. And we hope that it'll find good and honest hearts and it'll sink down into the heart and have an effect in, in, on a person's life, and they, they'll bear, they will bear fruit. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been studying from uh, the book of Ephesians, specifically in chapter 6, and we started last time our discussion about the armor of God. And, of course, that discussion uh, features prominently the threats uh, that we're faced with. And we talked about those threats, most notably the fact that the devil is a sentient being that exists that is doing everything in his power to try to trip men up and uh, drive a wedge between men and God. And we made the point that uh, that's really what our battle is against. I like verse 12 of Ephesians 6, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I think this is an important point that we need to remember, that we're not battling against individual people or even groups of people but really ultimately what we're battling against are spiritual forces and so hopefully that helps us to kind of look at things through a spiritual lens let's say that uh, you have somebody who's bullying you and saying some things that are really getting under your skin and you feel there's a tendency for us to look at that individual as the enemy and be angry at that individual and to direct our ire but really we need to be able to see beyond that see here's an individual that is under the influence of satan Here's an individual that unfortunately is acting out the will of Satan and in some ways uh, feel a little bit of pity for that person because they need to be liberated from that. I, I think about the, the concept in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. Uh, that's, it's very similar in terms of how we look at other individuals. 2 Timothy 2, 24, 26, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. Now listen to verse 26. 
and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Listen to that description of those who are in opposition. These are people who are prisoners of war. They're captive by Satan. And so we need to look at that. You know, the real enemy is Satan, and we want to liberate that unfortunate person who, again, is morally accountable, but unfortunately has been enslaved by Satan. So it's a different way of looking at the world, and maybe it helps us be better at soul winning, that we don't get so worked up about the individual people. In some ways, they're victims. Now, I'm not saying that that they don't have accountability, they will stand before their maker and be judged, but they are victims of this power called Satan who's enslaved them. And what we want to do is to be the power of light, the power of truth, the power of freedom to get them out of that situation. So that's what he says. Look, don't quarrel. And you're not using earthly tools and you're not arguing and you're really trying to persuade with humility. So you're using those spiritual uh, frames of mind, spiritual gifts, the fruit of the Spirit, trying to get that person out from under the shackles of the devil. Any thoughts on that? Well, I highlight a couple of, in the passage you read there in 2 Timothy chapter chapter 2, just highlight a couple of the statements he makes. If, if you look at it that way, verse 24, mm-hmm. patient. Yeah. Patient when wrong. Right. So if you understand this person has has is overcome by the power of evil. Uh, perhaps if he just knows better, right. uh, I can persuade him to do what's right. And so That's right. that might help us to be patient when mm-hmm. we teach and deal with people that, mm-hmm. that are in that situation. Verse 25, with gentleness, right. correcting those who are in opposition. And, you know, you find that quality in other places as well. Mm-hmm. I think about Galatians chapter mm-hmm. 6, yep, yep. where a brother is overtaken in a trespass you who mm-hmm. are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness right there's a time for straight talk sure. and right. dealing with people directly but as you said and we've we've tried to bring this out in our act study mm-hmm. that paul's approach is to reason that's right and persuade and right. give evidence and explain and, and you know not uh, just bludgeon people that's you know right. with a blunt uh, uh, <laughs> instrument you know we're we're reasoning with people and trying to persuade and we, with patience and gentleness, right. winning people over, winning them from darkness to light. Absolutely. And so if you see a person as a, an individual who is a potential recipient of the light that you have to shine, right. that might, maybe that'll make a difference. Absolutely. And he says, if God perchance may grant them the opportunity to repent. And what helps us, I think, Bob, with that patience is back in Ephesians chapter 2, when Paul says this, verse 1, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedient, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. We ourselves were in that position. We ourselves were under the captivity of the devil. And so we ought to be able to relate and say, you know what? I was in that position. I did the same kinds of things, and I was able to come out through the power of God. They also can come out through the power of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul, here's this passage where he tells Timothy to preach the word, Mm -hmm. preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Sometimes we put the period right there <laughs> with great patience That's it. and That's instruction. It. That's right. And so sometimes as preachers or teachers or parents, uh, you know, we, we want to present the truth one time and, you know, the, 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 the hearer, I mean, they, they, yep. ought to, they ought to embrace it right away. I don't know what's wrong with them, you know. So you, you teach with patience. You teach right. 
you come back to it again, you teach a little more. That's right. You know, some time passes, you teach again, you're patient with people and you're right. trying to persuade them and reason with them to come to the truth. That's exactly. You know, when I think about that, and not that they were in opposition, but Jesus had to demonstrate a lot of patience. Think about Jesus and his disciples, how much time he had to work with them and how many times they still got it wrong, uh, squabbling among themselves about who is the greatest, uh, not uh, you know, calling down or trying to call down fire from Elijah to destroy the Samaritans who didn't give Jesus the respect they thought. There's all kinds of things, but Jesus didn't just give up on them. He continued to work with them. He was patient. He was long-suffering. And see the end result in the book of Acts and see what they were able to do uh, because of that. So uh, let's go back to Ephesians 6. A couple other things I want to say about the devil, and then we'll move on into uh, the, the armor of God. But uh, there's a passage that comes to mind when we think about Satan, who is very powerful and trying to trip us up. But he also is a, is a being whose playbook we know. Uh, look over in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 2, I'm sorry. And in that particular uh, occasion, we have a person who obviously has been withdrawn from, and uh, Paul's uh, judgment uh, to the church in Corinth is that they need to reaffirm their love to this guy. Evidently, the withdrawal has had the desired effect. It has brought him out of captivity to the devil, and he's come back into the light. But you've got to be careful how you deal with him, because if you deal with him the wrong way, you'll push him right back out into the clutches of Satan, because he's already overcome with a lot of sorrow. In the midst of that, he makes this point where he's trying to encourage them to reaffirm their love in verse uh, 10 of chapter 2. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if I indeed have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. And listen to verse 11. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He says, look, you know, we, we know how Satan operates. And we know even in the midst of what should be a cause of celebration, which is a brother who has been in sin, he's been withdrawn from, now he's to be brought back in because he's repented of his sin. But if we're not careful, Satan can come in here and drive a wedge in this very process that ought to be a cause for celebration. He says, we know how Satan operates. And so I think that's an important point that, yes, he's powerful. Yes, he's crafty. Yes, he's wily. Yes, we need the power of God. But Paul suggests that he should not take us unawares. We should not be surprised. Uh, you think about 1 John 2, 15 through 17, gives you really the tools that he has. It's either the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or the pride of life, or some combination thereof. Any sin that you can think of is going to fall within one of those categories, or again, some combination thereof. So there should be no surprising about how the devil operates. We should be very perceptive based on our study of God's will and be able to recognize it, recognize his influence in others, but recognize his influence in ourselves and guard ourselves against those influences. Now, the Bible will tell us how he operates, and we, we should know from our own experience That's if right. we evaluate ourselves as we should, you know, just right. be honest with ourselves. That's right. But but the Bible tells us how he operates. He's the father of lies. Exactly. He's going to tell you a lie. Right. He's going to tell you a half truth. We talked right. about that mm -hmm. in our in our last session. And so the Bible tells us this right. is the way he operates. Right. And we should be able to recognize that and see that if if we're paying attention, if we have our eyes, our That's spiritual right. eyes open, Absolutely. we should be able to see that. Of course, that's that's really uh, where the rubber meets the road is it's the desire, That's it's, right. it's wanting to do right. That's right. It's that hunger and thirst for righteousness. And if we have that, Amen. well, then we'll be able to see the devil and see what he's doing, trying to do to us. We'll be equipped to overcome it. Amen. And let's talk about that's a good segue into being equipped. So what are the things that we need to do to make ourselves strong against the influence of the devil? And so let's just start reading again. Verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And we may not get to verse 17. We may not even get through the verses I just read, but let's stop there and talk a little bit about these things. So he says, verse 14, to stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Stand with truth. How important is truth to the Christian? It's everything. Uh, God's word is true. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is true. John 17, 17. Not only do we have the truth that's revealed, the objective truth that we present to other people, but subjectively we are to be people of truth. Uh, therefore, speak, put away lying. Each man speak truth with his neighbor in Ephesians chapter 4. Well, in fact, let's just go to it. Verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And so we're not to be like the devil. We are not to lie. We are not to deceive. We're not to lead people astray. We are to tell the truth. We are to be people that are honest, that, 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 that deal in the truth. And it, it makes sense. If we are going to be those who teach the truth, how can we in our personal conduct be given to lying? Just the two things don't go together. If we're going to teach the objective truth of God about the world and how to come to Him and how to be pleasing in His sight, part of that is going to be us personally being truthful beings. We need to tell the truth. Yes, we tell it in love, Ephesians 4.15. Yes, we tell it with tact. We don't have to reveal everything that's on our mind, but we cannot be known as uh, disingenuous, deceitful, lying, untrustworthy. Those are the characteristics of the one we're fighting against, which is Satan, not us. So uh, John 8 verse 44 tells us when the devil speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. He's a liar and the father of lies. Absolutely. We we know the very first temptation took the form of a deception. Absolutely. Sort of a half truth, a partial truth, Mm -hmm. which is the worst kind, most dangerous kind of lie. Yeah. And so in order to resist falsehood and deception, how often does the Bible talk about being deceived? Don't be deceived. Right. You know, we're going to reap what we yep. sow. Don't deceive yourselves. Mm-hmm. We must we must be equipped with truth in order for us to see the deception that the devil is placing in That's front right. of us. That's right. You know, I, one point I'll, I'll make is that there is religious truth. Absolutely. Just like there's historical truth, mm-hmm. mathematical truth, scientific truth, there is religious truth. Right. Of course, the common idea in the world is that there is no religious truth. Right. That you're, you know, you have your faith, mm-hmm. and it speaks to your heart, mm-hmm. and it's meaningful to you, and you find truth in it. And I have my faith, and it speaks to my heart, and I find truth in that. But there's no single objective religious truth, and that's just not true. Amen, brother. That's just not Amen. accurate. That's right. John seventeen seventeen. Yeah. Jesus prays. Je- Jesus prays. Right, right. You know, it ought to mean something. Uh, if the words come from Jesus Amen. himself, that's right. But he prays to his Father, sanctify them in the truth. Absolutely, your word, word is, is truth. truth. That's it. And so, we want to gird our loins with truth, absolutely, so that we'll be able to identify the lies of the devil. Amen. Where is that truth found? Well, Ephesians tells us right. that truth is in truth is in Jesus. Absolutely, that's uh, Ephesians four verse twenty one. Mm-hmm. Truth is in Jesus. Amen. Uh, God, God's word is truth, and so that's right. if we can equip ourselves with that, we'll be 
we'll be on our way to being ready. Absolutely. Well, we've run out of time. We didn't even get past the first uh, piece of armor. But <laughs> figured that might happen. These are important things. But we do appreciate your time, and we hope that you'll continue to study. And let me encourage you, if you're not doing this, to, to read on ahead of us and be prepared for the things that we're going to address. It'll just enrich the study. You get out of it what you put into it. And that's true in the secular education. certainly is true when it comes to spiritual education. So we're very glad that you were with us. Thank you for spending time with us. Uh, next time we'll pick up and continue to put on the armor of God. And we were joking amongst ourselves. We may be on this subject for a while, but that's okay. It's an important subject. And as we've just uh, talked about, it's going to allow us to be what we ought to be, to resist the devil and be pleasing in our Father's sight. Well, we always end with a word of prayer. Bob, can sure. I ask you to lead us in a word of prayer? Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your word that you've revealed to us, that it, it is the truth. It contains the truth and that we might read it and understand it and embrace it, and that it might fill our hearts and fill our lives. Father, we pray that we will devote ourselves to learning your word, your truth, more and more. We understand that this is a lifelong process, that we ought to grow in our, our knowledge of the truth. Help us, Father, to use that truth to be able to recognize the lies of the devil, the half-truths that he presents us with, Help us to, to see those things for what they truly are so that we can reject them, that we won't embrace them. Uh, Father, we, we know that Satan is a powerful being, that he wants to draw us away from you to himself. We also know, Father, that if we were to succumb to his lies and his schemes and uh, his, uh, his tactics, that it would result in our, our ruin, our spiritual destruction. Father, help us always to recognize that, to be aware of that, to know that that even though following the path that you have set for us is sometimes difficult for us, that in the end it will be it will be it will mean reward and fulfillment for us. And so Father help us to develop ourselves to walk in the way that you would have us to go. Help us to equip ourselves with truth, the other qualities that we're going to look at from our study of this passage so that we'll, we'll have that home in heaven with you one day when this life is over. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.